Hello, 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 and welcome to week 18 of the Extra Point podcast. Yes, week 18, we have made it, and it is the wilderness. It is a minefield. We have players being benched, ma- matches not even mattering. It's it's tough to bet on, but we're going to do our best. And, I mean, if we f- reflect on last week, I managed to get one winner, but I was so close to so some big price winners. Justin Fields managed to get over 100 rushing yards, which was, I needed one more touchdown, and he would have landed a massive price win. And George Kittle as well. I mean, in the first drive, he looked like he was going to score, well, have over 75 yards easy, but then he just basically didn't get another catch. So, yeah, very disappointing in there. Um, Ross, how are you doing, first and foremost? I'm doing good, thank you. Doing very, very good. Yeah, a couple of fallow weeks for me, if I'm honest, in the, in, in the tips. It's, I had a really good season overall the last couple of weeks yeah. over Christmas and New Year. have let me down a little bit, but still in profit. Still in profit, still doing okay. Um, yeah, how your fields tipped in land last week, I've absolutely no idea. Um, so annoying. Really disappointing with the start that you made, but just so you, you were certainly on the right track. Um, yeah, week 18. Week 18 already. This is the final episode where we're going to have a full slate to pick from, which is... Uh, it's kind of wild, and we've certainly made the most of it looking at the amount of tips we have <laughs> this week as well. We've got, we've got a bumper episode for you. Um, but yeah, playoffs next week, and uh, we'll speak to you at the end of the podcast about what we're going to look at next week in terms of breaking down those games. Very much looking forward to that. Um, just before we get into it, I think it'd be a miss of us to not discuss, obviously, what has been a pretty wild week in the NFL. Um, obviously, our thoughts, along with the rest of the NFL community, are out too. To my Hamlin, his friends, family, the Buffalo Bills organization, everyone really. I, I watched the game myself Monday Night Live, and it was a pretty, pretty harrowing experience. I think for everyone involved, obviously, not least him. Um, amazing news, obviously, in the last couple of weeks, last couple of days, should I say, that he's he's showing pretty miraculous signs of progression, which is, which is fantastic. Um, obviously, we we, we wish Demar a full a full recovery, full speedy recovery, and uh, hopefully, we never see the like again because it really was quite a. A tragic situation on the field on Monday. Um, but without further ado, we certainly had to had to discuss that and it will be discussed later on the podcast as well. Um Definitely. yeah, let's get in, let's get into these picks because we have two days to look at. Uh Saturday and Sunday, no more than football this week, of course, with it being week 18. But we kick off on Saturday, which is today. So let's get into it. Let's get into <laughs> it pretty quick, MCM. What we're saying. I'll try and rattle through these. Uh, yeah, I've got two and as a disclaimer, all of my tips this week are looking at NFL records and contract incentives. I'm kicking this off with Chiefs at Raiders at half nine tonight, and I'm going Patrick Mahomes over his 320 passing yards line. You can get that at five to six, and this one's all about the record. He is only 430 yards away from the all-time NFL passing record, which, I mean, obviously it's the 17-game versus the 16-game schedule, but... That doesn't matter. The record will be the record, regardless if it has an asterisk or not. The good news is he faces the Raiders. I mean, he absolutely loves playing against the Raiders. Since 2019, he's averaged two, uh, 323 passing yards. And that 320 passing yard line, he's beaten that nine times this season, including last week. Now, you look at the Raiders themselves, and I mean, that switch to Jarrett Stilden, nobody really could have seen how well that worked out. I mean... 34 points against the number one ranked Niners defense. I was very, very worried throughout that game. It was not looking good at all. But it shows that the Raiders can move the ball, and the Chiefs defense has been leakier than most expect. Over the last five, they've conceded 24 points per game. I think we can expect a lot of points in this matchup with Mahomes slinging the ball. With his eye on history, I'm not 
tip him of 430 yards because that obviously is an astronomical number. But I think 320 yards, given that he's done that in over 50% of his games this year, he's got a really good chance to do it again against a really porous defense. And I think as well, obviously, the potential for the Chiefs to clinch the one seed. Yes. Uh, in the AFC in this game, yeah, it kind of, I think if that was not on the table, uh, Andy Reid would obviously be considering pulling him out of the game early. But I think, yeah, the fact that they can clinch that. And it probably helps that the Raiders look better, doesn't it? <laughs> it probably helps that the Raiders might provide a little bit of opposition. Exactly. Think, exactly. If, this was, if this was a blowout early, then we might not see Mahomes in the second half. But if Stidham can do kind of what he did, then that helps. So the one, you want to keep the game quite tight and then Mahomes can do his thing. Yeah, I really like that. And uh, do you have another one for Saturday? I believe you do. Yeah, going for Tennessee Titans at Jacksonville Jaguars, which I've got a lot riding on this game. I placed a 50p bet at the start of the season on all eight divisional winners, and I backed the Tennessee Titans, which is giving me worry. That 50p bet stands to return £350, and it all comes down to this game. Now I'm rooting for the Titans, but I'm tipping Zay Jones in this game. Basically, for the contract incentive, he needs two more catches for a 250k bonus and then 98 more receiving yards for a 500k bonus. Since the Jags bye week in week 11, he leads the team in targets. He's got 50 targets over that split and no other receiver has got more than him. And he's actually looking like a really good player. Like, it's come out of nowhere when he's back with the Raiders. It was kind of under the radar. He was just a decent role player. He's emerging as kind of the one with Jacks, Jacksonville, but I mean, Calvin Ridley coming in doesn't really matter for next year. Mm-hmm. Titans have allowed the third most passing yards in the NFL alongside the third most uh, catches to wide receivers specifically. It's just an obvious soft soft matchup to exploit for the Jags. This is a much win, must-win game for both teams. I obviously want the Titans, but Jags are going to be firing and they're going to be taking advantage of the soft Tennessee secondary. And yeah, Zay Jones makes a lot of sense to me here. Yeah, and as much as I'm rooting for you and you win, uh, <laughs> I must admit, I would be favouring the Jags in this game. <laughs> yeah, no. on, on recent form. I no, think definitely. Purely in terms of playoffs next week as well I think I'd just much rather see a Trevor Lawrence led Jack's team in, in that picture than no it's a lot whatever the hell the Titans are going to throw <laughs> that it's a lot it's a, I think t- Tennessee they did have that week of rest they are bringing back a lot of players I mean especially Derek Henry which Jacksonville has got a weakness is running up the middle but I mean we'll see I don't think I even said the tip just then Zay Jones four and a half plus receptions and 55 plus receiving yards so you can get that seven to five which I think is a really nice matchup to find yeah, yeah, low enough numbers for sure, specifically against a team that have now lost six on the bounce in the Titans. So uh, yes. let's go to Sunday then. Let's look at the final Sunday slate of the regular season. Uh, where do you want to start? Where do you, want uh, to start? you want to talk about Chargers, Broncos? Sure, sure. We'll go to the 925 winters to kick things off then. Uh, the reason we can do that is because this isn't the greatest game in the world, if we're being honest, between the LA Chargers and the Denver Broncos. My tip in this game... And look, it's one of those where week 18 can go wild. We've seen it before. We've seen Matt Flynn all those years ago throw all those touchdowns. Wild things can happen. You can get big scoring games. You can also get really low scoring games where teams don't really want to be there. I think this is probably one of them uh, in the charge than the Broncos. With the Broncos' point of view, very good defense, consistently very good defense. The fact that they've only won four games this year while conceding just 20 points a game is pretty remarkable, to be honest. It just shows to the historic levels of their offense and how bad it's been uh, under Russell Wilson and a couple of the guys, uh, Brett Rippon and co 
this season, just 16 points a game, the Denver Broncos, even at their best, even in games which mattered to the Denver Broncos, they weren't scoring points and they weren't able to put points up. Um, the line is 40 in this game, so for, which is a little bit higher than I expected. I must admit, I, I really thought this line would be about 36, 35 even. Uh, but you can go 40, 41 in this game. Um, yeah, Denver have struggled to score those kind of points anyway. This is a complete dead rubber for them. Uh, a trend of my picks this week, very narrative-driven, uh, but they have to be in Week 18. Denver, one of those teams, probably don't really want to win a game. They don't want to tell you that, but they probably don't. Draft it's draft season's coming. Draft season is coming. They're in that precarious position. There's about five or six teams with similar kind of records. Might pay dividends long, long term to not win a game here. So they're not going to be throwing everything at this. As for the Chargers, I will say, side point, they were my preseason Super Bowl pick. And... <laughs> They faltered a lot this season, didn't they? To the point where you kind of got to like week 12, week 13. Nobody's really considering the Chargers, if we're being honest. They were very inconsistent, very chargery, if we're being honest. And Brandon Staley's jobs in question, all this kind of thing. Whisper it, but they've looked great in the last six weeks. <laughs> they've really looked have, really, they? really good. They, Unlike last season, they actually seem to be peaking at the right time. So this yeah. is something we'll go on to next week, of course, because they are guaranteed in the playoffs. So safely in that five seed, they could drop to six uh, if the Ravens win in the 6pm window. I don't think the Ravens are going to win that game, if I'm being honest. I don't think that really matters. With that in mind, I don't think we're going to see the starters for too long. I don't think we're going to see King and Allen, Mike Williams, even potentially Herbert, too long in this game. Austin Eckler and co. Why would you? Why would you if your seeding cannot change? Um, so, yeah, I'm going under in this game. I think that'll, that'll affect their potency on offense. I think they'll still get yardage through the guys they bring in because it's still a, a good system. Um, but in terms of actually kind of red zone proficiency and stuff like that, I think that's going to drop significantly. So I'm going to go under 40 points in the Chargers and the Broncos. And my tip there is don't watch this game. Um, you've got a pick in this game. I'll be, I'll be watching. I've got two picks and it's all about incentives. And to be honest, it kind of links into yours of it, the game doesn't matter that much. So they're almost yeah. going to be trying to get their, these players, their bonuses. I'll lead off with Gerald Everett. Now, I need, I've requested prices for both of these and they're probably going to come out on the Sunday itself. Gerald Everett, I'm tipping five plus catches because that is what he needs for a 250K bonus. Denver's given up 94 catches alongside 1,008 yards to uh, tight ends of season, ranking as the third most in the entire NFL, which I really expect. Like, I haven't... Yeah. Viewed Denver as poor as the tight ends, but I mean, there's a clear weakness. Gerald mm-hmm. Everett's hit five plus catches in seven games this season. He did it when they last faced each other as well. I think it's a pretty easy number to hit for him. And obviously, there's the added incentive. And the Chargers have said themselves they are aware of all contracts and incentives that their players need to hit. This one is well within reach. And yeah, it just makes so much sense. There's a soft matchup. He's got money on the line, and his teammates really want to lift him up. And even better, my next pick, I think this might be my favourite of the week. I'm going DeAndre Carter. Love this. He, he needs two catches for 250K. This seems to me so much because when it's these kind of role players, lower down players, this money means so much to them. His contract is worth 1.1 million. If he earns a 250K bonus, that's 25% of his money for the year is based on this alone. Given that the Chargers have said they're aware and his teammates are going to know that they're aware of what he needs to hit to get this bonus triggered. I love it. Last week, he had three targets, caught two caught two of them. And yeah, I think potentially with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams being pulled from the game because it is pretty meaningless at the end of the day. DeAndre Carter is going to come in and 
it's such a low amount. I can pick to the line probably if the line is one and a half, I'm absolutely banging that. But even if it's two and a half, I absolutely love it so much. Yeah, for the reason we both pointed on, King and Alan, Mike Williams, both fantastic players. Both got a history of injuries. <laughs> Don't leave them in there. Don't leave them in there. There's no point. There's really, really no point. If you lose this game by a few points, if you end up losing to the Broncos, no one's going to care next week. It's as simple as that. I think Dandre Carter may well be, yeah, wide receiver one for periods of this game at the very yeah, least. Definitely. So yeah, when they faced just... when they faced last week as well, uh, not last week when they faced earlier this season, he had uh, three catches as well, which is exactly what he needs. So. So much narrative to go at this one. I, I really, really like it. Yeah, one of those kind of lesser but like mid-tier kind of breakout players, I think, this year. I think he's had a really yeah. good season. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, as it shows, obviously, he's in line to win this incentive. So, fair play to him. Okay, Ross, talk, to me, talk to me about a line that I cannot believe. The Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> minus six against the Chicago Bears. I mean... <laughs> I kind of can believe it in a way. I mean, it's been the same all season, hasn't it? I, yeah, I, I, I understand why the bookmakers are keeping the Vikings within a touchdown of the Bears because that's how they've won all their games, isn't it? They, they do win tight games. They're a very, very weird football team, the Minnesota Vikings. Very, very strange. And they've been a pretty tough team to back, if, if we're being fair, despite the fact they're 12-4. and four. It's one of their best, best ever seasons, really, uh, in terms of record. It looks um, so bad, though. <laughs> But yeah, there's there's very very little. I mean, I've never seen a twelve and four team, and I have I've got the outright odds in front of me. There are twelve and four football team that are twenty eight to one to win the Super Bowl right now. They're frauds. Twenty eight to one. That is. I mean, we just talked about the Chargers. That is a bigger price than the Chargers. Bigger price than the Bucks, who have looked equally bad at times. Um, there is no faith in this Vikings team at all, which is why they are minus six against the Chicago Bears. However. This is the Nathan Peterman Chicago Bears. And yeah. this is a man who's thrown three touchdowns in his NFL career. It's also managed from 13 interceptions in his NFL career. I believe five of those yeah, came, on one, came, on, came on one afternoon in one half. Yes. This is a uh, remarkably bad quarterback with all due respect to Nathan. Um, and it just shows that the Chicago Bears, I mentioned it in the previous pick, I'm going to mention it in even more in, in a pick to come. The Bears do not want to win this football game. The front office, at least the head, the coaching staff going forwards. Um, it's a it's a rookie um, coaching staff in my Flusik and Co. They've got they're looking at second year. They're currently holding the number two overall pick in the NFL draft, and it it might be the best position in the entire draft. Uh, if we're being honest, number two in the position they're in because they have Justin Fields. They've got the guy yeah. they benched him. They benched him week eighteen. Because they don't need to get a quarterback. It's as simple as that. They have Justin Fields for the future. He's proven in the latter half of the season that, that their, their guy is there already. So they're in a dream situation if they can keep hold of this second pick because they can either take the best non-quarterback on the board, which they can literally take the best player on the board, which probably that means, which is absolutely fair enough because um, the Texans are almost certainly going to take a quarterback or they've got the ultimate bargain, a bargaining chip because you've probably got three or four teams around the NFL that are very QB needy. Yeah. All, all of a sudden, you might end up with three first-round picks for this pick, or even more. So, the Chicago Bears do not want to give this up. They do not want to give the situation up. It's one of those things, they'll never tell you it. The press will never tell you it, really. Uh, the NFL themselves will certainly never say it happens, but of course it does. Of course it does. Why else would Justin Fields not be trying to play in this game? The Vikings are minus six. And, you know, they were embarrassed last week against the Packers. Um, Rogers put 41 points on them. Justin Jefferson was shut out of the game, which never happens. You don't want to go in regards of the kind of outside pressure, the outside noise, and the fact that a lot of people just don't think they've got a chance anyway. 
you don't want to go into the postseason off the back of a loss like that. You you need something within the camp. You need extra morale. They need a big win against the Bears because they're right there for the taking. They are right there for the taking for them. They're pretty much the same. Come on, beat us. <laughs> That's basically what the Bears are saying in this game. Yeah. If the Vikings don't cover six points in this game, they're dead. They're absolutely dead. They have to cover six points in this game. They have to beat them comfortably. They've certainly got the ability to do so. Kirk Cousins is in the six o'clock window. I like it. I like it. Yes, <laughs> give, me the, give me this. Give me this. And uh, you're sticking around this game as well, aren't you? Yeah, I've got something that relates into it. I'm back in a sack double, player sack double, very specific. But I've requested the price for this again. I don't have it, sadly. But I could see this being, to be honest, a really big price, potentially. Yeah, in this one, I've got Zadarius Smith in the Viking games, one plus sack. Both of these players is massive contract incentives. He's on 10 sacks this season. If he gets one more sack, he gets 750K. When he faces the Chicago Bears, they've given up the third most sacks, 57 this season. And I love it even more because Justin Fields isn't playing. Fields, obviously a rookie, so he's uh, not rookie, a young quarterback. So he's going to give up more sacks, but his mobility helps him evade and try and keep that number down because the Bears offensive line is awful. With Nathan Peterman there, that's fully gone. He's a statue back there. He's got no mobility. Zadarius Smith is going to eat him up. I, yeah, I think this is such an easy win. Players, like, like, I, like I say, everybody knows they've got these contracts and centres. There's going to be a massive celebration when he gets in. The players are going to be rooting for him to hit that number. And another player who needs one more sack is Jets defensive end Carl Lawson. He is on seven sacks this year. If he gets one more, he gets 600K. I mean, it's just stupid amounts of money. Faces the Miami Dolphins, soft offensive line. These two teams have faced each other already back in week seven, and he had a season-high six uh, pressures back then. It's a really strong matchup, and I love it because Skylar Thompson is in at quarterback. He's given up, when he's been the starter or coming for a significant amount of snaps, he's given up several sacks, and he's a seventh-round rookie. He doesn't look fit for the occasion. It's such a strong opportunity for Carl Lawson to get it, and it just ties into the whole narrative of they want him to break this, you know, hit, hit this contract incentive, and I think it just makes so much sense. I'm hoping for a really nice price on this one. <laughs> That'll be some way to end the regular season if that one lands. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Um, okay, two more picks from me, then one more from yourself. So I'll kickstart. Um, I'm going to talk about the Colts. I'm going to talk about the Colts and the Texans. Again, a game you absolutely should not watch. Do not watch this game. Avoid it at one. all costs. Um, again, one of those things where the, the, the front office and the coaching staff would never tell you this, mainly because they're not allowed. Both teams will take a loss right now. 100%. They would take a loss right now. They do not want this game played, frankly. Um, the Colts currently own the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft. The Texans, aforementioned, number one. Uh, they hold the first overall pick in this draft. They've had it from the very, very start. Both teams, they need a quarterback. It's very obvious both teams are going to go quarterback um, unless they do something crazy in free agency. And God forbid they do that. Uh, speaking as a Colts fan, um, it'll be Derek a draft. Car. It's going to be do, Derek Carr. Do, not, you know do not, do not say things like that to me. Uh, I'll end the podcast now. Um, <laughs> they're going to draft a rookie. They have to draft a rookie. They're in position as well to draft a rookie. Um, neither will want to be in a position at the end of Sunday where they've gone up that list. They don't want to do it. The Colts could potentially move up a move up a tad. Um, but also with the Colts situation, you don't want to win a game 
and then teams around you win a game, then you've lost the opportunity to drop. That's what you really want. Um, as for the Texans, it, it's, it's very clear. If they lose, they, they're on the clock. Um, it's worth its weight in gold in the NFL. American sport's weird, I know, but that's how it works. Uh, it really is worth its weight in gold. They can go full focus on April then, uh, as soon as this game ends about 9 o'clock on Sunday. For this pick, I'm going to go Colts minus uh, half a point, so essentially the Colts to win. And I'm going to double that with 40 and a half points, the under. I can't believe you can get that kind of, uh, kind of get that price. It's 13 so to eight, yeah. 13 to eight for that double. I think the actual line is 36, uh, which okay. makes a bit more sense. Yeah. But when you, when you double this up on sky bet, basically Colts to win under four and a half points, of the game is about 13 to eight, which I think is a really, really nice price. Neither team has an offense to shake a stick at, to be honest. Um, the Colts, I mean, up until last week went 35, offensive possessions without a touchdown uh, before Sam Allinger managed to get his maiden touchdown last season, uh, last week. Kind of says it all. The Texans obviously the worst team in the NFL. Neither team's going to throw much at this game. There'll be a lot of running the ball, I imagine. I think they're quite happy to kind of get this game over with. I think this game, will, I wouldn't be surprised if this game ends about half past eight UK time. I think they'll be quite happy to run the clock down, um, keep the score down, I think the Colts will just edge it in the end. Uh, obviously, these two teams drew <laughs> at the start of the season. It was quite tight. Went to overtime, all that kind of <laughs> shenanigans. I think the fact the Colts are at home and the one element of this is the Texans coaching staff or office will be uh, might be intact next season. We don't know for sure. The Colts almost definitely won't be. So Jeff Saturday, this will almost certainly be his last gig as uh, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So he might as well go out of a win and he'll want to go out of a win, I would imagine, uh, albeit a win against the hapless Houston Texans at home. Uh, talking, so the, he's going to be back. He's going to be head coach. Russ, what you want to know? <laughs> I'll, I'll end the podcast again. <laughs> do not do this to me. Um, yeah, I, I think the Colts will just edge it in a very, very poor game and they'll go under 40. I, I think 13-8 is a steal uh, in this game, to be honest. I, I really, really like this. And again, I hate to be so negative about these picks this week, but do not watch this football game. <laughs> it's as no, simple as that. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's a it's a weird week, and yeah, Texans just won that number one overall pick, set in stone. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, your final pick then? Yeah, I'm going Jamal Williams anytime touchdown. You can get that at five to four. He's got 15 touchdowns on the season, and I can see another against the Packers. He is one score away from Barry Sanders. Yes, Barry Sanders team record 16 wow. touchdowns, which is crazy. It's Jamal Williams. He was meant to be like the backup. I mean, for Wait, those new, for those new to the game, Barry Sanders is a guy who played 30 years ago, and I would imagine if you go to a Detroit game the highest percentage of jerseys will still have Sanders 20 on them. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the level he's at. That's the level. He's their all-time greatest player, essentially. Yeah. Um, he's, what a season Jamal Williams has had, man. I know. And he's, he stated himself, Jamal, I'm coming for you, Barry. He wants this record. He's got 53 it. red zone touches, which is the third most in the NFL. Packers defense is soft against the run. They've allowed over 2,100 rushing yards. That's the seventh most in the entire league alongside 13 touchdowns to the position. Williams is a crucial part of this offense and he's going to be used really often. But something that's massive is this game might not even matter for the Lions come kickoff. It all rests on Seattle and LA Rams. They need the Rams to beat Seattle, which is, to be honest, quite a big ask. This game could be meaningless for them come kickoff, which means they're going to lean into trying to get Jamal this record, which 
Makes total sense to me. You can get that five to four. And he's such an integral part of the offense. Take this. Yeah, interesting dynamic as well, isn't there? Because obviously the Rams uh, in that game could potentially uh, go up the draft and uh, the draft standings themselves. They could potentially go up to kind of seventh, eighth pick, and that pick belongs to the Detroit Lions. It's <laughs> so a win. That's... It's a win-win to be honest for <laughs> Detroit. Well, it's t- no, it's kind of a win-lose, though, isn't it? Because they'll get in the playoffs, but then they'll they'll go fall down the draft. There. I think, I think <laughs> they'll, take, weird... they'll take the playoffs more than anything <laughs> absolutely. for sure. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But at least. Yeah, I guess it is a win-win because if they lose, you yeah, it works out nicely. It works out nicely. Um, one of the one of the better trades in recent time, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, it works out really well. We could talk about that at season's end, but I think Jared Goff uh, he's done something over there. He's done something. Yeah, uh, right, your I love final that. pick, Ross. Yeah, I love that one. And we go to the final pick of the week, which is in the Patriots Buffalo Bills game. I I, I could not. I, I I don't think there's a tipster in the NFL who won't be tipping this this week, uh, if I'm honest, or any pundit not predicting a very similar result. But certain things happen in the NFL. You can't really explain it, and it's just one of those things. The Bills are minus 7.5 to beat the New England Patriots at home in this game. I don't even care about the playoff implications uh, of this, to be honest. I don't think the Bills care about the playoff implications of this. I would not be surprised to see the Bills beat the Patriots by 40 in this game <laughs> frankly with yeah. all the emotion of the week uh, everything that has happened um, this game will get so much attention on Sunday quite rightly too uh, it's going to be a very emotional occasion uh, at Orchard Park and I mean they're a better team anyway uh, I mean I, that, that, that's the caveat to this game I think I'd be looking at this handicap regardless of what had happened on Monday um, the Bills are just a, a better team than the, uh, the Patriots they're beaten by 14 points earlier in the season, so the history, the history is there anyway, but the fact that they're unlikely to set, uh, well, they're not going to put take the foot off the gas because they know they've got a teammate who literally suffered a cardiac arrest on the field on Monday is probably going to be watching the game. I mean, they're going to play for him. They're going to play for him in a big way. Um, they're going to want to put the uh, best foot forward in this game. There is the element as well. I mean, I, it's, it's almost weird to talk about Monday as a, as a football game. I, I, I don't like talk about it as anything more than what it was. Um, but obviously the fact that the, the incident happened in the first quarter means that the Bills haven't really played kind of the full rigors of an NFL game since Christmas Eve. They're quite fresh, uh, this team, uh, in, in terms of the bodies. So they don't really have to rest themselves ahead of the playoffs because they kind of already had that rest uh, as a team, whereas the Patriots had quite a hard-fought game on New Year's Day against Miami. So, um, yeah, I, I like the Bills to to put a bit of a beating on the Patriots, to be honest. I mean, the Patriots, they are in that 7th AFC spot. They do have an opportunity to obviously to get into the playoffs with a win. I mean, I've, I've, I've gone around Twitter. I know a few Patriots fans myself. I don't think even Patriots fans want to get in the playoffs, <laughs> if I'm being truly honest. I don't think they're particularly interested uh, in getting in as a wild card of that 7th seed because I don't think any of them think their season will extend beyond next week anyway. I don't think the squad's good enough. Um, so I think they'll be not happy, but they won't mind it too much if the Bills put up a bit a big performance here and, and get a sizable win uh, in Buffalo on what will be an emotional day. So I think Bills minus seven and a half against the Patriots. It's a good way to wrap up the regular season, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Bills are going to come out fighting. And yeah, 20, 30, 40 points. I wouldn't be shocked. This is such an important game for them and they want to show that unity, that brotherhood. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to go wild. Like as as a Patriots unit, how do you get yourself up for that game when you're on yeah, the sideline? Yeah. All, all the all the all the pregame, all that. I mean, 
it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation for the Patriots to be in, to be honest. Like, I wouldn't want to be a Patriots player going into this game. I think it's a, it's a very difficult situation. Um, but yeah, I, I think Bill's minus seven and a half. I'm surprised it's that low, really. I, I really am surprised that line's that low. I wouldn't even mind extending it a little bit on alternate lines because I think I think the two scores better at least and uh, it, could, it could extend a little bit further. Um, so yeah, that'll pretty much wrap up our picks for the regular season. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's been an awful lot of picks. But we've had an awful lot of winners thankfully, along the way. Uh, thank you very, very, very much for listening all season long, all regular season long. But do not worry, we will be back next week uh, where we'll essentially, we'll essentially go game by game because that's what we can do now. The slate will end. We'll look towards the wildcard playoffs, which is where the real fun begins, let's be honest. Um, very, very excited for that. We'll give our picks for the game. Uh, and, of course, uh, look at the cheat sheet. We'll look at the play performances in those games as well. Uh, and you can follow everything at sportinglife.com as well as this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the football this week. Enjoy your final red zone and full slate of the season. Uh, it's a long time before the next one, so do enjoy it. And uh, we'll see you next week. 